Welcome to episode eight, my conversation with Martin from Garland, Texas. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Major, your host for the Straight Up Gay Podcast, where I have conversations with people about their experiences related to the LGBTQ community. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences. Keep in mind, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. Today is February 11th, 2017, and I am speaking with Martin. Welcome to the show, Martin. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. How you been? It's been good. Yeah? <laughs> uh, working working a lot lately, so. All right. Well, that's good. You nervous to be on the show? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. I promise this is going to be uh, real easy. You've, you've answered the pre-interview questions, and so we're pretty much going to stick to that. Um, okay. I'll ask you, you know, maybe some side questions, but we should have a good time and just be yourself. Okay. All right. Okay. So you want to go by Martin? Is that the name you go by in everyday life? Yeah. Um, my official name change is coming up in about a month. So. Okay. So that's good. What, uh, I didn't know that you were going to be doing that. So what entails your official name change? What are you doing to change your name? There's a lot that goes into name change. Um, I have to actually go in front of a judge. And they have to make sure that basically there's a good point to me changing my name. I had to get fingerprinted, get a background check, all this stuff I didn't really expect to have to do for a name change. But they, they do that for like to make sure that you're not running away from like debtors and, and like debts and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's still kind of annoying, though, because you have to fill out why you're getting your name changed. And it's not necessarily a thing that you really want to be saying, hey, I'm you know, transgender or whatever and on the on the form so you have to kind of phrase it in a way that makes sense like uh the name doesn't match up with the way i look currently or something like that so you know that's why i'm changing it to a male name so yeah okay and so you're living in texas you live in garland texas you're living uh it says you told me it was near dallas so for just for introduction purposes so that people can have an idea of who you are uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. We just want to know about you. Let us know your gender identity, your sexual identity, your gender expression. Uh, just let the audience know so that they can get an idea of who I'm talking to and, and what this conversation is going to be about. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trans male, so I identify uh, as male. Uh, technically, the I suppose the common term is female to male. So I'm currently in transition to social transition and medical transition to become more male-like in my appearance. Um, I've always felt that way. Um, now it's just basically getting everything in alignment with that. Being in Dallas, it, I've, I got like, you know, Texas is a very red state, but um, being in Dallas, I've gotten lucky in, in that regard because it's more, uh, it's a little bit more culturally accepted in the larger cities. Um, and the judges that we have, I've heard, are pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the name change will go well. Um, as for me, I moved here uh, March of last year. So I'm originally from the, I'm originally from Georgia, 
and then I moved to Illinois, and then I moved to Washington State, and then I moved here. So I've, I've moved around quite a lot in my life. I, that's actually uh, something that I can identify with you about. Uh, I moved all over. I was in the military, and I'm originally from Florida, but I've lived in North Carolina, California. I lived overseas in Okinawa. Okay. Um, but I'm currently in Georgia. I live near Atlanta, and oh, okay. I've also lived in Illinois, and so I feel your pain there. Um, yeah, I lived in the Stockbridge area, and uh in Georgia. So that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I went to, uh, I went to Richland community college in Illinois uh, near Decatur and, uh, oh, neat. yeah. So that we, we sh- can share some, uh, similar experiences about the misery of living in Illinois. Yeah. The snow. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so much snow in my life in Illinois. It, yeah. And all the flat, it's just boring driving anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I hear you. So, <laughs> okay. So you're female to male transgender. You identify as male. I'm in the early stages of my transition. That's why my voice kind of sucks right now. I came out probably, I'm trying to think here, I think in July or August of last year. So I'm, I'm still fairly early on, but I'm getting there to the point. I'm actually, uh, I have an appointment on Monday to start my testosterone, hopefully. Okay. So I'm okay. pretty excited about that. Well, that's good. So I heard you say something earlier that you said you were starting your social transition. And I've heard a few other guests say that, and I I haven't really had an opportunity to ask. It didn't really click that. So as a straight cisgender person, when Mm -hmm. I think of a transition, I think of it as one transition. It didn't really occur to me until recently uh, when I was editing the last episode when she, uh, my previous guest also said that uh, he was uh, doing his social transition so your social transition, explain the difference between your your social transition and another, your biological transition or your, okay. your medical well, transition. So what is that? Yeah, usually usually in the, I suppose, the transgender community, we have two, two terms, the social transition and the medical transition. Social transition is usually what we start with first, depending on who you are. Usually, I, I don't want to speak for males to female because I, I don't have any any, I'm not on that side. Um, But usually from what I've seen, they seem to start their medical transition first, and then they start their social because they want to pass in quotes better before they come out. Um, Whereas for female to male, it's a little easier to start our social transition first because it's a little bit more accepted for biologically female persons to wear pants and to have short hair and things like that versus the other way around. My social transition uh, included basically coming out to my entire family, which was terrifying um, because my entire family is very Christian, like it is old fashioned Christian. Um, My dad's side is more the hardcore Christians. My mom's side is a little bit more relaxed on that front. So I came out to my mother first through an email. She called me at five o'clock in the morning when (laughs) she found out. And so I started by coming out and then basically that week that I came out, I did my entire wardrobe throughout the things that I didn't want, got my clothes that I wanted, started feeling better. And then I actually got a haircut and the haircut was probably the biggest thing for me because when I I grew up in a uh, apostolic Pentecostal Christian like society basically where women, you don't cut your hair, you don't wear pants. I didn't own a pair of pants um, for probably until I was like 15. And then I was able to wear pants for like a couple years. And then I wasn't able to anymore after that, kind of continue that into my adulthood. And now I'm 26 and I wore pants for the first time, I think last year. So, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty pervasive because, um, you know, you, you get used to a certain way growing up and then you just never change it. 
So the social transition was a, a big part, but getting the haircut was like the big thing for me because I had really long hair, like down to my waist. And then getting that all chopped off basically was a terrifying prospect because, you know, you're, you're, I was told since I can ever remember that, you know, you don't cut your hair because it's this thing that you have to have, you know, yeah, <laughs> as so, a woman, right. you know, as a woman, you have to have long hair. And then getting rid of that was almost kind of freeing. It was like basically getting rid of that past. It was it was bizarre. So that that kind of includes my social transition. Medical transition is a little bit more boring in the sense that you just go to a doctor. You're like, hey, this is how I am. And then, well, first I went to a therapist because they have to give you like a letter. And then you bring that letter to a doctor and then they give you what you need to get started on your testosterone or your estrogen or whatever, depending on which way you're going. So. Okay. So uh, speaking from experience with some of the other transgender guests that I've had, mm -hmm. they usually say that the rule is generally to um, have a therapist. It's sometimes looked at as gatekeeping. They, um, mm -hmm. they have to talk to a therapist for like a year and get a letter from them, like you said, and then they can start their hormone therapy. The thing I want to know is, have you looked for informed consent clinics? I, I have. There's not that many around here. There's, I think there's one that's around two hours away. And then there's one in the city here, but the wait list is really long. I went there. You can get a good therapist. It depends on what kind of therapist you get. Everyone is different. I got lucky in the sense that I found a support group for transgender people who then were able to point me to a therapist that didn't quote unquote gatekeep. The the gatekeeping process is an is an issue, I believe, that's hopefully going away, but it does still exist in a lot of areas. Usually when you go to a therapist, like my I, I went for about five sessions before I got my letter. And he said he was willing from the beginning to write me my letter, but we both wanted to take a few sessions and make sure that this is something that I actually wanted to do. Cause I didn't want to just jump in. Cause this is a huge, it's a huge thing, you know, to, to suddenly put this on your family, you know, and at 26 years old, you're, you're like, okay, this is how I am. Now I have to deal with basically revamping my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and it's, so a, it's it, a big change. I mean, so it, you, exactly. are, you're just trying to make a, a drastic change in your outward appearance to match how you feel on the inside. Exactly. And that's going to take some getting used to in your head. You're going to have to, okay, I'm going to let you have to think out these things. I'm going to live my life this way. These are some of the hurdles I may face. Uh, these are, uh, especially with a therapist who specifically treats transgender people, he may have mm -hmm. other insights that you hadn't thought of because he's had more exposure to other transgender people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's probably a good decision to see a therapist. I don't, I, I generally disagree with gatekeeping. But I do agree that for most people, including cisgender people, that it's a good idea to see a therapist if you have big changes going right. on. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm certainly not saying that everyone has to see a therapist. Like if if you feel that you're sure, then then by all means go for it. You know, it's it's your it's your life, it's your body. I, I feel like if if it's something that you know you know for sure, um I, I was pretty sure on it as well. But I did need the therapist letter, so to be able to, to go to an endocrinologist and say, okay, this is what I need. Here's my letter. You know, it's saying, hey, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I am crazy, but now I have proof that I maybe I'm not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah. Okay. So it says here, 
that you grew up uh, apostolic Pentecostal. Uh, I'm not really mm-hmm. familiar with that, but as you said, it's probably a pretty old it's school very conservative. Yeah, yeah you, very you don't have TV. You don't cut your hair. You wear pants, you wear skirts you know, for the women, things like that. And so how did that affect you? It says you had some issues with that growing up about yourself your identity and in, in your religion. How? What were some of the struggles you faced with that? Well, mainly because probably since I was 12 or 13, I knew that something was different about me. I wasn't sure what, though. I like Transgender people weren't talked about in our household. Even really gay people in general were looked down upon. And I, I struggled with a long time coming to terms with, like, it was just a constant, constant background thought of, I really wish I was a boy, you know, yeah. um, it, it was like, it was just a consistent thought of like, I really wish that I had that body, you know, it, it, like, it would be so much better. And I didn't really realize growing up that other, other girls didn't really think that I just figured that was a thought that everybody had and you continue on with your life and you deal with it. And then I got out and I think early 20s is when I heard about transgender people. But then I only heard about uh, male to female because I found just by coming out and by being in transgender circles that trans men are really kind of invisible. Uh, we're not really talked about in media. I'm not really sure why that is. Uh, so I think I think nobody really knows why that is. Uh, but I think it's I think it might be like the acceptance thing, like the quote, like the masses see men in dresses versus, you know, female people who just happen to be in the wrong body in a dress kind of thing. Yeah, it's more acceptable. I think I think you're onto something there that it's more acceptable for women to wear pants and, exactly. and dress in a more masculine way yeah. than it is for men to dress in a in a female uh, mm-hmm. attire. Uh, you know, uh, once you put on a dress as a man, it's pretty much okay, now something's a little different here. There's really Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so. it's it's more like yeah, you're going to get you're going to get the looks rather than, you know, women in pants or everywhere. Um but yeah, I I struggled a lot growing up with with that because I, you know, and I, I never, and I, I, I used to have a really poor outlook on the LGBT community. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay with it, but I wasn't really an ally for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like I was, I, I was in a similar to... position. We spoke a little bit before the show and I was in a similar, yeah. I call it fence sitting where I was just like, let them do their thing. Exactly. Let They're not they hurting anybody, right. you it know, does, but I'm not about to go and, you know, go to a, a rally or whatever for it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm still not a rally person myself. I don't, I'm not really big into parades and stuff like that. See, I haven't been to one yet, like a pride parade, but I would totally be down for going. I might even, uh, the next one here, because I, I live in Georgia, I live near Atlanta. So the next pride mm-hmm. day that they have in Atlanta, I may just go down there with a microphone and try to interview people on the street and just talk yeah, to, I think it would be a cool episode. So uh, I haven't been to one yet, uh, but I think I would definitely go to the next one uh, yeah. and, and maybe try to make a show out of it. Yeah. So uh that that's that's really my struggle with with be coming to terms with my identity and and stuff like that and then basically it all kind of just came to a head one night and I wasn't able to continue anymore with the thoughts and not do something about it essentially yeah. so it it was just it, it kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing where the thought just continued and continued and it, it had been getting worse and worse the last couple of years um, and then finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what do you mean by it was getting worse? The thoughts that you were living in the basically wrong body my, kind of thing or? Yeah, it's, it's basically the dysphoria that I had with my body. It was just like consistently there, like growing up, 
it was kind of off and on. Like, like you'd have the thought and then you'd be like, no, I can't do that. And then you'd move on. Um, but now the last couple of years, it was like a consistent thought. Like I was researching it on my own secretly. Like how can one transition from female to male? And, and I was, I was like, hiding that and and I was I felt really kind of ashamed of it because yeah. you know I've I've been married for 4 years to a straight man and it, it just there's that that issue to take care of and then you 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 come out and you're like by the way um you know and and he's actually the one that guessed it because because like I was really upset one night and and then like he guessed it basically he was like do, do you want to be a guy um and then that it just it just it just broke down it was wow. like okay that's it yeah <laughs> okay so i didn't see that in your pre-interview i didn't realize that you were married or yeah. that you were ever married not that you yeah. were currently married so we're gonna have to sidetrack the conversation because i want to know more about that um okay so you when did you get married Four years ago, I got married August uh, about four years ago, and we got married in Illinois. So, and then we both moved here okay. to Texas. And so, were you guys? Did you share the same religion? I mean, was you guys? No, no. I'm uh, I'm currently not really going to. I'm kind of more agnostic myself right now. Um, I'm not really sure. I I feel like maybe there's something, but I'm not sure. Um, so I'm still kind of I guess was in the questioning phase of my <laughs> sure of that um but no he he's not religious at all and and i'm not particularly religious myself so okay and so you guys were married for about four years then yeah yeah we still are married okay and so during the time you were married what kind of struggles did you face with your identity um it it was it was again kind of one of those things in the background um it it almost got better with being married surprisingly and then after after a couple of years of getting married or of being married it was just kind of like a consistent background thing that was starting to grow it was like when you're in a crowd of people and you have this constant noise around you and there's like that one person on the other side of the room that's trying to get your attention and you're trying to ignore that person because maybe you don't want to talk to them or maybe you don't want to or maybe you had a bad conversation with them once and you don't want to confront that anymore. But then they they get closer and they get closer and then they, they're suddenly right in your ear and you can't ignore them anymore. And that's kind of what that is. It seems like maybe when you first got married, it felt like, OK, now I'm doing the normal thing. Now I'm a woman. <laughs> right now. Well, now I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. What, what people exactly. expect me to do. And so. Maybe that idea initially uh, made you feel better because, okay, now I'm conforming to the expectations. Yeah. I'm fulfilling what a woman is supposed to be. Exactly. And then after uh, what I call the salad days, you know, when you open a bag of salad or, or you, you, you create, a, oh. you, you make a salad, right? It's all fresh and green and crisp yeah. right in the beginning. But after the salad days, you know, where it starts to get a little less uh, fresh, those old thoughts started just to come back slowly but exactly. surely and, and as your life normalized because when you get married it's a big change for people yeah. and so you're you're living mm -hmm. with another person you're building a life you you do things like buy a home you know bring your bank accounts together so when all that new stuff wears off and your your life gets back to its normal routine you um, mm -hmm. you start to have those old thoughts again it yeah it, i think the moment came for me 
was when I realized that I'd be more comfortable with my husband. I, I always thought of myself, uh, I always saw myself as as a man in a male relationship because like I'm I'm really gay. So <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so it's like when I whenever I would think of myself and my husband together, then it would be always me as as a man. And then I think that was when I started to realize this isn't going away. <laughs> Yeah, so I've actually had to recently, uh, because of the show, think about those kind of, because we're talking about gender and we're talking about sexual identities. Mm -hmm. And so I had to think about, it was confusing at first because I'm like, well, if you were born or you were assigned woman at birth and you're becoming a man, how does that, you know, people would say, well, I think I'm gay or I feel gay or something like that or homosexual. So I, it took me a minute and I'm like, man, how does that make sense? You know, cause it's unusual mm -hmm. for, as a cisgender person, you know, I don't have the quite the perspective as of, from an LGBT right. person. So I had to really sit there and think about it. And I was driving in the car. Usually when I'm by myself, I have these deep thoughts while I'm driving. And mm -hmm. it, a lot of people have them in the shower. They call them shower thoughts. So I was sitting here pondering like, okay, so how does that work? And then I realized, well, like I just said that we're talking about two different things. And so we're talking about your gender identity and the way in which you feel your gender role is expressed on the outside. And so, and then we're talking about your sexual identity or your sexual attractions. And then we're talking about your sexual attractions. And so if you identify as male and you're attracted to men, then now it, it kind of clears it up for me because, okay, so yes, that would make you a homosexual if internally you feel male and you are mm -hmm. attracted to men, had you been assigned male at birth, then you would be a, a gay man. And so it took me a minute to get there. I had to ponder, okay, what are we talking about? How does this make someone who, right. was, who was assigned female at birth? How does that, how can they get to where they feel gay? And it, so it took me a while to get, <laughs> it took me a while to get there. And so yeah. um, once I, it clicked for me, I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. So <laughs> I had to bring that up because I wanted to make sure that for some other p people who listen, I know I have some straight cisgender people who listen to the show. I know that may they may be thinking the same things when they hear that, well, I feel gay, but I was born a woman and I'm married to a man. Right. So yeah. I wanted to just share how it took a, a while for me to get there because I had to think about it in two separate terms of gender and sex. So what I want to know, I want to move on a little bit. Um, I think we pretty much covered the initial portion of your, you know, introduction. And so I want to get on to when you first experienced your first, where you first started questioning your gender as far as, you know, I, you said it, it happened around when you were 12 or 13. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I hit puberty pretty early on as, uh, see, it's, it's even strange for me to call myself a little girl. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm it's like I'm, I'm mis it, some people think that you know like you're misgendering yourself when you say that but to me I grew up as a girl I presented as female so when I speak of myself in the past sometimes I still use the she terms so it's it's a little weird um to get used to that sure myself. yeah I, I understand it can <laughs> but, be awkward so just you know refer to yourself yeah. however you're comfortable right so I I grew up um and I hit puberty probably around 11 years old and then um, around 12 or 13 uh, was when my friends started getting into like makeup and like boy crazy stuff. Like I was still, I, I mean, I was into boys, but I never, I actually didn't have a boyfriend until I met my husband. I think we were 22. Was that a personal choice or was that part of your? It was your... just one of those things where I never found anybody. 
okay that i was interested in um okay. wasn't really a personal choice but but there, there was also the thing where in uh growing up apostolic pentecostal you're kind of like sexuality and stuff which just isn't talked about like you, you put that to the side it's in the corner you don't you don't talk about that <laughs> um it's a thing that only happens between married people and that's it but i think video games actually really helped me to kind of realize my identity and that might sound strange but uh when growing up and stuff like that i always chose like the male character in games and i did i started role playing D&D around that time around 12 and 13 and then I would always play male characters and my family because I, I would uh, role play with my aunt and uncle who introduced me to D&D and stuff like that and they would always be like why don't you play a girl and I'm like well I don't know just males are more fun <laughs> but secretly inside it's because you're saying to yourself it's because I want to be one and <laughs> <laughs> you're not about to say that to your aunt and uncle yeah and I had I had like a I, I would do a lot of stuff where I, because the internet started to become a little bit more in the household. And because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, kids nowadays are growing up with the internet. Well, I remember like when we didn't have internet and that's a really weird thought. Like it, I'm not that old, but I'm, I'm old enough to remember like the dial up. There's no Reddit and there's no social media or anything like that. You just literally have a computer and then you might research stuff for school and that's it. Yeah. I remember the Your days. life isn't on the computer. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm almost about 10 years older than you. And I remember the days growing up where there was no internet. There wasn't a thing you could, go, yeah. you know, there was no so online I'm, gaming and, and no Xbox. And I remember right. those days. So I understand where you're coming from. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um, and so I would basically, uh, once, once social media and just being able to create accounts on forums started to become a thing. I would always present myself as male on the forums. And I used to I used to tell myself it's because females online are just are accosted or or something like that. But in reality it just made me feel more comfortable. Okay. Um, so when what about, you know, what years was this when you started doing that on the online forums? Probably I don't know remember what year exactly, but I was probably like 14, 15, 16 around that that time was like I I think I like I don't remember what forums now. It's probably like some TV show or video game that I, you know, really liked and wanted to just talk about other people with. Um, but it, it's just kind of one of those things where it, it, if if somebody asked me like about me or something like that, I would actually create this this background for this person that I wanted to be. And and a lot of people say, oh, that's catfishing or that you know lying. I mean, yeah, it's lying on the internet. But at the same time, it made me feel more comfortable with myself and to well, actually start to feel better about thinking this way. But I still hid it from my family because you don't. Again, it was you don't talk about it. <laughs> well, and of course, I think catfishing and and lying is more about if you're trying to do something malicious to the other person right That's like you're true. trying you're trying yeah. to date someone online and present yourself as someone you're not yeah, whereas I, I wasn't trying to to hurt anybody i was just basically trying to be myself yeah and you were um, just looking for an so outlet yeah. to be and identify how you felt and so you just wanted to converse mm -hmm. with other people and, and talk and have conversations as who you want right. to be yeah so i don't i don't see any sort of moral you know problem with that i don't think that just because yeah. you identified as a male online and you had conversations with people, as long as you weren't misleading them in some sort of romantic relationship over the no, internet. No, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> like the general term of catfishing is considered today, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
So you're, are you out now? I'm completely out. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my family knows about it. Um, I'm fairly sure my, my dad's side of the family knows about it. It's just it's, like, I'm, I, I sent them like a, an email. I let them know and it's kind of been silent on that front. I know they got it, but it's not mentioned ever. It's not brought up. I, I don't know if I'm like the secret shame of the family on that side right. or, or not. I don't really converse with that side of the family, but my mom's side of the family is really great. My mom has been really super about this. I think from week one, she started using my preferred name, my preferred pronouns. She, she's been a lot more excellent than I thought she would have been. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, it's unfortunate that you maybe feel like you may be the black sheep of the other side of the family. I can, ima- uh, I can imagine that. I've always kind of been the black sheep of that side of the family anyway, because I, I went off on my own and lived with somebody without marrying them <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> for a while. So, right. So you became the religious, because of so, the religious upbringing as the, uh, yeah, the Pentecostal. Yeah, my, my dad's a preacher too. So. Oh yeah. So that definitely can have some effect, I'm sure. So that's actually quite interesting. I want to talk about that for just a minute. So your dad is the Pentecostal preacher? He, yeah, he's um Pentecostal evangelist. He, I don't know if he practices anymore, but he, he, he was a preacher for a very long time. And a lot of, you know, growing up, because we went to church three times a week. We went on Wednesday and twice on Sunday. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> hated the weekends. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, but so it, it was just kind of one of those things where, and I had a really good relationship with my dad. And it's really unfortunate that something like this has basically kind of put a wedge between us. It's, it's really upsetting to me. Because I, I grew up with my dad. He basically raised me because my mom worked like 70 hours a week. Um, she was the breadwinner. My dad is an artist, and he didn't really breadwin that much with right. artwork. But, yeah. um, you know, and so uh, I think it was it was around 2009, I believe, he went to China to teach English for three years. And I didn't see him or really talk to him. And then he got married, and I didn't I didn't find out he got married until probably a month after he got married. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So your parents got My mom di- and dad are divorced. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I figured that was the case when you said he got married. So when you yeah, were yeah, when sorry. you were growing up, were they married for the majority they were, of your- Yeah, they they divorced in 2009. Okay, so they divorced pretty recently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then my dad went and taught English for 3 years and then he got married I think in like 2010 or something like that with a lady from there and then they're living in Washington right now, but it's like we we lost a lot of contact. Um, we didn't talk because there wasn't really a way to talk. Um, the phones didn't work that well. Email was essentially being like watched because he was only able to use is only able to use like the college that he went to email or something like that. Oh, okay. And um, so he, like just he didn't like to use email. So yeah, it was like three years that we didn't really have much contact. And then he came back home. And then we kind of talked a little bit, but now that I've come out, he's, when I came out, it wasn't really pretty with him. Um, Yeah, that's, I was, that was my next question. So I didn't know, I I didn't know that he was a preacher. Uh, That that wasn't one of the things you brought up in the thing. So um, what I want to know is when you said your mom was pretty supportive when you came out, I can imagine the coming out as a transgender person to your dad was probably a, a bit more intense and probably more terrifying. So, oh yeah. 
Can you maybe describe this scenario yeah. and the scene of, yeah. of how um, you came out to your dad? It was not, I didn't come out the way I wanted to come out with him because I, I had come out to my mom uh, through email. And then, like I said, she called me at like five o'clock in the morning. And then my husband answered the phone because I wanted him to be like a buffer uh, to see how she was really. Because <laughs> I, w- I wasn't, I was kind of like 80% sure she'd be okay with it, but I wasn't really sure. You never, you never really are sure. Okay, um, hold on, hold on right there. So you had already come out to your husband? Yes. Yeah, my my husband was the first cuz uh my f- husband was the first one and then I did my mom. And you guys stayed married that di- that didn't immediately cause him to No, work. no. He's been really supportive of me and I've been really thankful and grateful for that. He's okay. he's me we're staying married so far. Okay, and, good for him, man. Really, uh, I can imagine yeah. that that could be quite a shock to most guys. Oh yeah, and yeah, it so, was a little bit of a shock, but yeah. it, he said a, a lot of things in hindsight made sense. So for for him, it I suppose it wasn't as shocking as it could have been maybe for somebody else because yeah. he he said in hindsight a lot of things made sense with the way I acted and stuff like that. Okay, so um, so when your mom called, you had him as kind of a buffer to. Since, yeah, to since he was supportive and he was an ally of yours, you wanted yeah. him to gauge mm-hmm. how your mom's reaction was going to be. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I came out to her, she called, said basically the things that I needed to hear at that moment, which was, um, I still love you. I still support you. What do I do now? <laughs> right. How, how, how do I do that? I want to support yeah. you. I want to love you. How do I do? What's the exactly. best way to do that? Now? So right. it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And then I started realizing, okay, can I just go the rest of my life and only tell my mother? Because <laughs> that was a terrifying prospect was the idea of actually emailing my dad or calling him on the phone. And I wanted, I wanted to email him like my mom, but basically what happened is my mom kind of almost outed me but she didn't mean to she called dad and was like hey you know she wants to talk to you kind of thing like do you have time <laughs> oh yeah so, so like, my dad hey, there's big news we gotta talk yeah to exactly of- so my dad called me and he knew something was up he he was like okay you know and and he called me and i think we hadn't talked in like months at that point so like this was like the first phone call in months from him kind of thing and he called up and i'm immediately terrified and he's like okay well what is it and i'm like can i email you He's like, no, what is it? I'm a straight up kind of person. Tell me what it is. And then I basically just had to say, okay, well, I'm coming out as transgender. And then he was like, quiet. (laughs) And there's that moment where you're like, okay, I'm dead. This is it. This is my life now where, you know, he's, he's just, I'm never going to talk to him again, ever. He's, he's going to hate me for the rest of my life or whatever. I can can imagine on that phone call. So yeah. And then he said, like you tell him and and you hear the silence and you're like, you're waiting for the phone to hang up and click. You're like, (laughs) oh man. He didn't hang up right away. Um, but he did, he did say, okay, well, I, I have to think about it. So and then and then we and then we said bye and then he and then he fought for three days, for three days I heard nothing from him, and that was probably the worst three days of my life. <laughs> wow. So let me. I I told you before the show because you hadn't listened to any of the previous episodes mm-hmm. that I'm an atheist. I have a similar experience I wanted to share because when I first admitted my atheism to myself, I had a friend of mine mm-hmm. who was also an atheist and he was just like, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Because I kind of had a little bit of a panic attack. I'm like, okay, how's this going to affect me, right? Because now yeah. I have a, a job where it's kind of a conservative environment and I know a lot of religious people and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And he was like, look, he goes, you don't have to tell anybody. Nobody has to know. You're the same person you were before. You're you're still the same good guy. You're still the funny guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you 
you have a lot of friends, just don't tell people, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, there, it's not like there's some big red A on your forehead, you know? <laughs> the scarlet letter. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And it kind of helped me realize, like, okay, there's really not a lot to be worried about. But I, I am sometimes really a bad liar. And to hide that from my wife, uh, mm. it, it was a little difficult. It seemed kind of ironic because there was an episode on tv it was some you know it wasn't dr phil but it was some sort of tv show like that and they were talking about uh some christian person and some atheist person and blah 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 and she she made a comment about the atheist person and i said something like man i really wish i could remember how it played out but well mm-hmm. she and but anyways i said something that kind of tipped my hat and i didn't want to i thought mm-hmm. i was i thought i was being you know clever enough to not you know reveal, oh yeah right yeah. and she's like wait but you still believe in god right and i was just like um, well, would it be terrible if I didn't, you know, kind of thing? And she goes, well, yeah, you know, and, and she had this really kind of negative reaction. And I'm just like, oh, crap. And I'm like, oh, so yeah. when she was like, and I was like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't think I believe in God anymore. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And she took it way harder than I expected her to. And mm-hmm. we had kind of the same thing where once she figured it out, because I didn't mean to tell her in the way that it happened, I thought mm-hmm. I was being clever enough to hide it and that I could kind of uh, ease my way into it over a period of months or years. It was a real shock to her because she, it was just out of the blue. It was totally unexpected. I mean, I had recently like a week before just admitted my own atheism to myself. And so it was Mm -hmm. a real shock for her because I had recently just been living, you know, like every other person who believed in God. And so when I suddenly told her, yeah, I don't think I believe anymore. She didn't want to uh, talk about it anymore. And I was just like, okay. And I let it drop. It was basically just awkward silences around her, for the next Mm -hmm. three days. And I told my friend, I'm like, man, she figured it out, you know, and what do I do? And he's like, look, he's (laughs) like, you have had a while to chew on this and come to your own realization of how you believe and what you believe, you know, you just dropped it on her by mistake. And so she needs time to process it. So don't, don't push the issue, give her her space to think about it. Let her come around to the idea. He goes, the best thing you can do is just keep reminding her that you're the same good person you always were. Nothing has changed about you. You still are a good dad. You're still a good husband. You're still a good friend. You're still the same person. The only thing different is that you don't believe there's an afterlife. You don't believe that there's a God. He goes, but other than that, everything is the same, you know? And that was probably the best advice I could have received at that moment. So Mm -hmm. I didn't push it. I just let her have her space. I'd never brought it up unless she brought it up. And when she did bring it up, I tried to just let her do the talking and let her do the listening. So I had a similar experience where we didn't really talk for three days. And I was really worried that we weren't going to make it through that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It's the advice actually, or the, the statement about, um, just to kind of go off for a second here before continuing the, my therapist, uh, actually kind of helped me realize that you've had your entire life thinking about your identity. Your family's had about a day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To them, this is overnight to you. It's not. So you have to let, you have to realize that. And I had to realize that with my husband, with my, with my mom, with my family, and even with my dad, but my dad, my dad didn't talk to me or contact me for three days. And then, and then I got a phone call from him and it didn't go well, basically. Um, He basically sat and yelled at me for like an hour and it was an hour of just having to listen to him rant at me about how. I wasn't raised this way and I like I basically he he went off like really bad like you know I have like an evil spirit in me you know and things like that oh man 
that's so it was awful. really bad it yeah. was really bad and then and then at the end he's like do you do you want to say anything or do you what do you want to do and he's he's like you know I, I would come down there and kidnap you and and stuff like that if if it wasn't like a hate crime to kidnap you know transgender people or whatever and it was yeah like what do you say to stuff like that you you just sit there and listen and hope that maybe at the end of it there's something else but there's not yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i'm like you know like the, there's nothing to say dad you know and then we hung up and it was probably um like a week later though maybe a couple weeks later that he called me and he actually apologized for how he acted on the phone which which kind of was nice but at the same time the things were said you know it, it hurt it still hurts that it happened i'm not sure if he'll ever accept me he he respects me enough to use my name but at the same time i think it's only because he respects me enough he doesn't actually see myself as that yeah if that makes sense. He, he's doing it on the surface because you've asked him to exactly not, not exactly. because so, he fully accepts your you know, yeah identity yeah, as as authentic and genuine and it's not just right. something. i guess being a a preacher in a pretty strict uh faith probably <laughs> mm-hmm. had some influence over that and like you said he said you had an evil spirit and and that's one of the yeah. really bad sides for um lgbt people who come from religious families is that it's so hard for their parents who had been uh, in that religion for so long and who have studied the Bible and, and oh, yeah. saw all the negative things they've said about gay people in the Bible that it's it's hard for them to get past that. Uh, they've spent the majority of their life in that religion telling them that these things were wrong and now they have a child. Exactly. That, and so it's, it's really difficult to ask somebody to basically reevaluate their beliefs. And that's essentially what I'm doing with my dad because he's, he's so very religious in that sense. He's, I'm, I'm essentially asking him to reevaluate something that he, he has believed for a majority of his life. And that's really hard to ask somebody to do. And, and I, I totally get that. And that's kind of why it, it still hurts. But at the same time, I know that maybe at some point in the future, he may come around to it. He may not, but at least at this point, he's respecting me enough to use my name, you know, like on packages or something like that. Like he sent me a Christmas present and it had my my name Martin on the on the front of it, and I was actually really shocked by that because I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, and it, it kind of gave me a little bit of hope that maybe in the future he may come around, but at this point I'm not really sure. So it's just kind of a day by day thing. Yeah, with that. Well, that's really unfortunate. That's um, most of the guests that I've had, they haven't had such a negative experience with their parents coming out. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So most of the guests that I've had so far, they have been worried about negative reactions, but they haven't mm-hmm. really had, uh, they haven't shared at least anyways, that they were, had such a negative experience, you know, any sort of mm-hmm. uh, shouting and, and arguing. One of my guests, she was a lesbian and she came out to her dad. And, uh, when she told him, he kind of just stopped for a second, like he said, and then was like, okay, well, can we talk about chicks now? You know? <laughs> and yeah. so I can imagine coming out to someone who loves you like a parent, you know, or a, or a brother and sister. It can be quite a shock initially, especially if you hadn't sort of prepared for it, kind of like you were kind of thrust into it because your mom was like, okay, there's something you got to talk about, you know? Right. And so I can imagine that you haven't had time to set the stage per se and prepare them for the kind of news that yeah, they were going to hear. I wanted to send him an email and, and be able 
to let him process that way rather than have that be on the phone because I feel like it's not really a phone conversation. Maybe um, it, it's either an in-person conversation or an email conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I feel well, like on the phone is just a little bit too abrupt. Yeah, on the email side, I mean, I can understand that because you give them time to process it so that you don't get the mm -hmm. knee-jerk negative reaction in exactly which they have the you know impulse to say hurtful things like you 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 heard him say and so i can mm -hmm. i can understand how you would have want rather have done that in an email so that you could have probably or possibly avoided some you know yeah. some of the hurtful things you heard uh when he was upset about it so yeah um, i was i was pretty much 95 percent sure that he would not be happy with this <laughs> yeah and I, I probably would have made the same bet that you know having a apostolic pentecostal preacher as a dad and then yeah. coming out as a transgender person that um you i would have my bet would have been that it, okay this isn't going to be a good thing either so yeah <laughs> um but but let's give him some credit let's you know hey he came oh, around my. he came around he's, he's using respecting me at least as a person <laughs> ex exactly he's at least giving you enough of respect and and affection that okay if this is what he wants and he wants me to call him by martin then i'm going to use the name martin so yeah. you know it like you said and your 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 uh, therapist said that you know hey he he just found out about it overnight so to his credit he's come around some hopefully it'll mm -hmm. get better in the future and and i hope that maybe one day you guys can have the kind of uh father son relationship that you want I'm hoping, yeah. We kind of covered about how you came out to your parents. What were some of the reactions you had when you came out to other family members or friends in your life? My friends were actually really great about it. I think I was not really a social person growing up. I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up. Um, and then I moved to Texas. I think it was when I moved to Texas, I actually started getting friends like in real life and not just online. But I started going to like a D&D &D game every week, I think around the around like the summer of last year. And then it was, it was actually kind of hanging out with them and they started to treat me like as just one of the gang rather than just the weird female who came in and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And I started to actually really enjoy that. And I started to realize, Hey, maybe I could have this. And it was actually my friends who started to, to make me realize that this was something that I wanted to pursue more of I wanted I wanted this this interaction with people everywhere not just with my friends and then I came out to them and, and it was kind of like you know I've known these guys for maybe a couple months when I came out to them so it was kind of like okay you know <laughs> um, it was it was fairly easy for easier for them to switch because they didn't really know me that much beforehand and then and you know like I said I, I had long hair and I wore skirts and then I come in and and I you know, we talked over Skype and stuff like that. And, and then I let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm starting this transition. I'd like to be known as this. And I'd like to be referred to as this. And there's like, there's always the couple of slip ups, but they were really good about switching over the pronouns and the names and stuff like that. And it was pretty quick with them. Online friends, it was instantaneous. Everyone switched right away because I think online is just easier because you don't, you don't hear the person speaking and you don't see the, see them in front of you kind of thing. So it's a little bit easier that way. Um, yeah. So one of the other things too, so it seems like your friends and, and the people in your social circles were pretty accepting of it. Right. And it's, it's actually because me and my, me and my husband do like YouTube and Twitch streaming. Um, so we had kind of a large group of people to kind of come out to. Um, but we actually attract a really large LGBT community anyway, even before I came out. It was really weird. We're not sure why we attract a huge LGBT community. It's just kind of one of those things that where we just find out everybody's either gay or transgender in our group that watches us. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of like, oh, okay, well, that works out well. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, um, so I, I had to come out basically because, you know, you present yourself as husband and wife online and, and, and on YouTube and on Twitch or something like that. And you, you suddenly need to come out, by the way, I'm, you know, coming out as transgender and it actually went really well online. Oh, that's good. So I was really pleased with that. So now do you guys make money on your Twitch stuff? I mean, so do you have a full-time job? Have you come out to coworkers? I, I have a job currently. I have a part-time job. I work at Pizza Hut and he makes money off of like patron and, and streaming YouTube videos and things like that. Okay. And so are you out at work as well? I am out at work. Yeah. I actually got a job after I came out and I, in the interview, I, you know, cause I filled out my, my application, you know, with mail name and, and stuff like that. And when I went into the interview, you can tell the lady like looked down at the, the sheet and then looked up at me. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute, is this the right I person? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and um, I explained in the interview, Hey, I'm a trans guy. I'd like, you know, I, I don't have my official name change. I know I look female as heck right now, but I'd really appreciate it if, you know, you refer to me as male and use this name and stuff like that. And everybody at work's been really great. I've only had one bad experience at work and it's just with some person that I don't have to work with really anymore, hopefully. Um, do, you and mind, other, do you mind I'm expanding sorry? on that a little bit? I'd be yeah, yeah. Um, it, it actually happened the other night. Um, basically, I have two managers that work at my work and then there's like the main one and then there's like a night manager. Uh, both of them were either out or unavailable. So they brought in a temp manager from another store. And he came in and he was actually really okay during the night. Um, but then he found out basically from the schedule because they can't put my, they have to put my legal name on the schedule and stuff like that. And he found out from the schedule that my name isn't Martin. And then he started calling me like by my, by a female name essentially. And then like when I left that night, he called me Smam, like a combination of sir and ma'am. Oh, and that really like, was kind of awful. <laughs> and, like it was really bad. Um, but I, I talked to my manager and, and, you know, let them know, hey, I don't really want to work with this guy anymore because of what he did. Because I'm not comfortable. Because, you know, you don't know how people are going to react. You know, what if what if this guy wants to beat me up or something like that? Like, yeah, especially if you're working at night. Uh, but everyone else at work has been really great. Um, I just have to usually explain if somebody else is hired, hey, this is how I'm referred to. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's, it's basically and essentially a consistent coming out process. There's really no one big step out of the closet. I'm out now. Everybody gets the memo. Everybody doesn't get the memo. Yeah. Um, you have to consistently come out to people, especially when your body does not look male at all. And that's the hard part. <laughs> so when you went to your manager, your regular managers about the temp manager, they were pretty, you know, hey, you know, were they like shocked that he acted that way? Or Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they said he was an idiot. And, you know, hopefully you won't have to work with him. You know, we'll see how it goes. I don't really have we don't really have like an HR in the building. I think I have to like call HR to get anything like that done. But I don't see like I don't I don't hate him, though. I don't I don't want him to lose his job. I don't want him to like be anything like that because I don't know if it's I feel like it, it was either ignorance and the fact that he just thought it, he was being funny. Like he didn't know how bad he was like hurting me. But at the same time, I want him to realize to not do that again. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I can see where you're coming from on that, where you just want people to accept you. You don't want them to force. Exactly. Know. I want education over enforcement, yeah. if that makes sense. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I can't give you advice, but I can only say that, you know, the advice that I got when I came out as atheist and my wife figured it out. I haven't come out as atheist, but when my wife figured it out, 
-hmm. you know, my friend just said, you know, just be a good person, you know, be an example of, of what an atheist is and, and dispel the rumors and and the myth that we're, you know, devil worshiping baby eaters or whatever (laughs) it is that people think about the negative ideas that people have about atheists and just be a good person and be the example and let her see that, look, okay, he is the same guy. He's a good dad. He loves his kids. He loves me. He takes care of us. He provides Mm -hmm. for us, you know, and I would just say that if that is the case, if you ever have to work with him again and you have to face the sort of comments and, and snide remarks that he makes to just be the bigger person and be a good example of what a, a transgender person is and don't yeah, don't yeah. give him the ammo to see see look how they act kind of thing. Um, exactly. Just take the high road and I hope that your example would eventually have him uh, realize what he's doing is hurtful and wrong and that mm-hmm. he'll he'll come around on his own. Yeah. So then uh, one of the other, uh, I didn't expect that negative experience. And so in the pre-interview questions, I asked specifically about any negative experiences that you share and, or you would like to share. And one of them was the doctor appointment that you went to, to try and get hormones. What Tell us about that. Yeah, I went to a general, I, I just recently got insurance. Uh, I hadn't had insurance ever. And then I just got it this year. Um, so I was able to actually use that to go to a general practitioner. Basically, when when I walked in, you could tell like I was probably the first trans guy they ever got because I I walked in and I was like, hey, I, you know, you're filling out your sheet, you know, the the papers that they have you fill out before you go into the doctors, and you have to fill out like a million questions on your background and stuff like that. And I had to ask the guy at the front, can I put male? You know, can I can I put my preferred name? And which was kind of like you hate to ask, but at the same time, you want to make sure that their system doesn't mess up because of the the whole legality between the preferred name versus the legal name. It's just kind of a big mess. Yeah. I can't wait to get that legal name changed because then I don't have to worry about stuff like that. Yeah. But um, and then I still have to deal with my gender marker, but that's like an entirely different ocean. Um, but we yeah, basically got brought back into the back and then like two nurses came in and started asking me the questions that I had just filled out. And then another nurse came in and then the doctor came in and they're just kind of all in the room staring at me. Like, what do we do with this person? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was, it's kind of, it reminds me of that. uh, Questions right off the bat. Like, you know, do you still have your breasts and do you still have your vagina? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. But I'd like to, you know, not talk about that maybe (laughs) in front of other people. Right. Especially (laughs) for other people. Yeah, exactly. It kind of so. reminds me of the movie um, Talladega Nights with uh, uh, Will Ferrell when he's doing the interview and he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. And he's like putting them up in front of his face and oh. like, just just put them at your sides and, and be normal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I can so imagine that, like they just didn't know how to. Yeah, they they didn't know really how to what to do with me because, you know, it's it's a tiny clinic in the middle of Garland, Texas, who's probably never run across somebody like that. And now here I am, I'm coming in with a therapist letter that, that says I'd like to get hormones. And then they have, they referred me to an endocrinologist at that point. So they just, it, so it was just your GP and they referred you out to a, a, yeah. a specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine that was pretty awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about something positive. Now we've, we definitely covered the negative experiences. What are some of the positives? It says here that I passed to someone at work as male. Oh yeah. Um, there was a pretty cool experience where basically when I first started working, um, I, I was working under the tutelage of another person that working there. Cause I do, I do prep work at night, which is basically we stick frozen dough into pans and getting ready for the next day. And, um, I was working under him and I think I mentioned my husband and he gave me this look like, 
like you know the look of like what and he was really really confused and i was just looking back at him he's like and then he kind of stopped and he's like you're gay <laughs> yeah. and i'm like yeah because i don't know how the like you know who starts out a question with that like you're gay like what are you, what is he gonna say next or, or something like that yeah. he's like you just don't act gay and i'm like well what do gay people act like <laughs> right yeah that's a good that's a good question and then what i realized and then i realized oh oh he sees me as cis male <laughs> yeah okay yeah, so. and I'm like, dude, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trans, and he's like, I didn't know that, and you know, I'm, I'm like, because I still have breasts, and and I'm like, I'm looking down, like, what do you, like, what, what are you seeing right now? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I just thought you were a big guy. <laughs> oh man, like he had man boobs or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it was that was kind of pleasant, but no, he was he was fine with with it, and he didn't treat me any different after that. It was just kind of funny because I didn't expect to ever pass to anybody um as male um but that was that was kind of a positive experience and then uh, well it's amazing what you can pass for when when you don't have to announce it you know you don't have to go yeah you don't have to walk in the room and go i'm martin the trans man you know exactly when you act act like yourself it's amazing how many people will just accept mm -hmm. your presentation it's like passing is such a relative thing like some people can clock you right away like most 99 percent of the time i'm seen as female which is upsetting and of course on the phone because of my voice i'm 100 percent female it's like right now i'm kind of in the quote-unquote butch lesbian of my face <laughs> i'm i'm probably seen more as butch lesbian than i am male yeah. so i'm getting there yeah i'm getting there well but I'm and, not quite there yet and the funny like you know they talk about uh i don't know if this is a bad term but they talk about gaydar and things like that about how the other people uh know who is who is and who isn't gay or trans and oh stuff. yeah and if that's a thing mine is awful because i used to work as a corrections officer and one of my coworkers was a lesbian and I had no idea. I had worked for her for four years. I had no clue. I It never even occurred to me that she might be a lesbian. She did wear her hair short, but you know, every time I talked to her, there was never sort of any conversation about her being uh, right. Attracted if, to... if it doesn't come up, it doesn't come up. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and I never had the idea that she was. And so I would never even kind of lead the conversation that way if I was trying to, you know, find out. And so one day, I was in the control center and one of my coworkers, she was like, Hey, we're going to go out to this bar, this gay bar with a, this other coworker. I don't want to use her name, but Mm -hmm. do you want to go with us? And I was just like, um, yeah, uh, I don't (laughs) care. Sure. But, um, why would you be taking her to a gay bar? And she was like, Oh, shut up. And I was just like, no, really? (laughs) And you're like, she's gay, you idiot. You know? And I was just like, (laughs) Oh, really? And she was like, yeah, you didn't know. And I was like, no, I had no idea, you know? Nice. And so, um, I never, I don't think we have ever actually, I didn't work there too long after that. And I don't think we ever actually, you know, I'm like, Oh, Hey, I didn't know you were gay. I did that oh, conversation right. like never happened. Yeah. I just was like, Oh, okay. Well, she's gay. And I just tried to, I wanted to, you know, I don't know what to do with my hands. So I just tried to act normal, you know, and like, Oh, don't, mm-hmm. let, her, don't let her know, you know, she's gay kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right. And so I just wanted, I didn't want to treat her any different. And so I just tried really hard just to be the same person I always was. And, right. and but it was funny because it was just, you know, she's gay, you idiot. It was just so funny. when, <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't. And I did want to go, but I think something came up where I could, I had some other obligation because I think I was going through a divorce at the time. And it was like I had time with my kids or something like that. And so oh, okay. I couldn't go. I did want to go. I, I have no problems with going to a gay bar with my friends and stuff like that. I, I imagine it would be a great time. 
but unfortunately that night I couldn't go. So that's a pretty good experience that you, you were able to pass when you weren't expecting to pass. Uh, I can imagine that yeah. made you feel pretty good. Oh yeah. I had no idea that I'd be able to do that like yeah. so early on. So I'm, I'm, it gives me hope that maybe in the future that I'll be able to pass a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. And so we're kind of finishing up here. You know, we, we've already talked about your religion, how you're agnostic. Um, so I have to ask, because I'm an atheist and I'm a little more aware of the positions of faith. And uh, so what do you, when you say you're agnostic, what does that mean to you? Um, to me, it means the universe is super complex. And I don't know if we'd ever know for sure if if there's nothing out there. To me, maybe there's something. I just don't know what it is, right. if, if that makes sense. I don't know if it's if it's a... A major religion that's available right now or if it's something that was in the past that nobody worships anymore or something like that i just feel like maybe the universe is super complex to the point i feel like i feel okay thinking that maybe there's something so <laughs> so if i can understand you correctly being agnostic is somewhere between um being a believer and an, and an atheist is that how you see it kind of yeah it's it's the unsure phase it's the like it's the phase of I don't really know, but just to be safe, maybe there's something. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. So just to help you out and maybe clarify for you a little bit and maybe some of the listeners, agnosticism, Gnosticism is the dealing of knowledge and theist is the dealing uh, with faith and your beliefs, right? So mm -hmm. um, simply put, an atheist is someone who lacks belief in God and someone who is agnostic is someone who lacks knowledge of the existence of a God. So those right. are, those are different things. And so you, you can actually, people will even be more specific in saying I'm an agnostic atheist and I'm an mm -hmm. ag. So I, I had a similar thought when I was, be, you know, trans, not transitioning, but when I was um, deconverting, I think is what they usually mm -hmm. call it. And uh, I would say, well, I'm just agnostic or whatever. But then when I looked into it, it actually was from a TV show where some guy said he was agnostic and everyone was like, oh, geez, make a decision already kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's the bisexual of the, the theologist world. <laughs> right. That's that's how a lot of people view it is that it's the bisexual, you know, you're you're on the fence and you won't make a decision. And yeah. So, but the more I looked into it and I realized, OK, there's different degrees to agnosticism and that it deals with mm -hmm. knowledge of God and or the existence of God and not a belief yeah. right so agnostic means you lack knowledge um yeah C currently currently it's more difficult for me because I grew up with such a strict Christian background and, and things like that like you know so so to me I'm comfortable being in this state of questioning not sure yeah. yeah, it's it's a big question mark for me, and and I'm still I'm still going through that journey myself. And there might be a day when I just you know give it up, or I might come to some conclusion that maybe something else is for me. I don't sure. know. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I just I saw that you said you're agnostic, and I was just curious as to how you viewed that because a lot of people, uh, a lot of people in your position who question, they'll they'll kind of choose that label as the descriptor for where they're at. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it's misapplied being they don't fully understand what the meaning is. And so I, I, oh, I just okay. I didn't want to divert the question too far into religion yeah. and faith. I just was curious as to see if you were one of the people who maybe just didn't quite uh, understand what the label meant. So um, that was just a little atheism 101 is to clarify. Oh, okay. <laughs> so but um, I want to move on now to uh, some of the groups and how you connect to other LGBT people. What are some of the things you do to kind of find community with other people like you? Um, well, Reddit is a big one. Obviously, 
I saw your post on Reddit. So like there's the the a lot of transgender communities in Reddit, but I may, I mainly hang out on like Ask Transgender or FTM board. I sometimes visit the the MTF just to see what they're doing, but I usually just stay to my corner. Yeah, <laughs> so I have to give a lot of credit to Reddit. Every time I go on there where I start running short of people who are who I have lined up for guests, I have to go, man, I I don't know where to go to ask someone mm-hmm. to be on the show. And so I was like, well, I just go to Reddit and I find another LGBT. There's always somebody. Yeah. And <laughs> this time I had, uh, because you haven't listened to the other episodes yet, a lot of my f- initial guests were male to female transgender people. And mm-hmm. so I, was, I hadn't had any homosexual males or any um, female to male transgender. So I specifically went, okay, I'm looking for anyone who's female to male or homosexual male to be on the show so that I can mm-hmm. kind of uh, speak to people of other points of view and so yeah that's how we connected was through reddit so you know again another high five to the reddit community for the lgbt communities on reddit because you guys are always uh accepting and some people are a little tentative they're like well what's your show all about they think i might be you know, as long as you stay in out of certain corners in reddit you're usually okay <laughs> yeah stay out of the darker corners of reddit i understand but when There's i always the darker corners <laughs> well and whenever i post in in one of the subreddits about you know hey does anyone want to come on my show some people there's always that you know kind of hesitant like okay what's his deal is he trying to trick me? yeah i you know there's just gonna be some like, sort okay, of bashing thing where he tells me i'm going to hell or something so. yeah it's like oh am i gonna get on here and like he's gonna you know talk to me about how i'm wrong or something like that right yeah so i always i always try to let people know when they ask i totally understand where you're coming from i can understand your hesitancy here's how you can listen to the show here's my blog page you know so yeah and again most of the time when they see it they're like oh okay you seem like a pretty cool dude yeah i'll come on the show so it, it, mm-hmm. a, you know mad props to all the people on reddit who are willing to come and be on the show it's Without Reddit, I wouldn't have a show at all because I have no idea how to connect and get show- listeners on the show or uh, yeah. uh, guests on the show. So what are some of the other but, um, groups you, you talk to? Yeah, but um, for, for me, it's it's Reddit is a really great community. But also, I also have like there's a support group in, in Dallas that, that runs, I think, like three chapters. They're called Transcendence. They specifically work with transgender support groups, and they're actually really good because they not only support transgender people, but they also support the families. And that's really important to me because I wanted my husband to have somebody to to talk to and, you know, to be able to communicate with other people who are going through the same thing. And because so often people look at, you know, transgender people and are like, okay, you know, quote unquote, you're so brave or, you know, you're coming out, like, how do you, you know, manage this or something like that. And so often the families are forgotten, like, you know, the husbands or the wives that have to deal now suddenly with their spouse changing or, you know, the children that have to go through that, like, you know, their mom or dad are going to change and they have to deal with the stuff at school. Like maybe kids are going to make fun of them or something like that. Right. Well, this group, this group has a separate thing specifically for like the the allies and the the families of the transgender people. So that's really great. Okay. Well, they yeah, that's that. that's a really good point. I'm in the military, and a lot of times, you know, there's all these military organizations that support me- military members, but sometimes the family members can be forgotten, and they're so they're mm-hmm. from time to time you'll find an organization that helps the family members. So it's good that someone has identified that gap in and support for LGBT people, and you know, hey, we got to address the families too. And, yeah. And while you mentioned that, I I meant to ask this earlier. So we already gave some big credit props to your husband for still being with you even after you just oh yeah it, you know, came out that you how do you guys talk about the future about you know if we, so as far do. as your transition goes I mean is he yeah. 
Yeah, we do because for a while we wanted we wanted to have a kid. You know, it just wasn't the right time or something like that. And you know, you try for a little bit, and you're like, okay, nothing's happening. You know, but then I went through like a really bad baby craze. <laughs> um, it's like a last ditch effort to be you know, fully woman kind of thing. Right. I suppose. To feel like um, you're, you feel like people are, you know, are supposed to feel right. Yeah, exactly. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to, you know, you know, do all that. But, you know, we, we've talked about the future and, and now we're kind of at a situation where like, we're probably going to adopt, but, you know, can, there's the whole thing where he's, he's straight, you know, I don't, I never tell people that he's gay or, you know, cause he doesn't identify as gay. He identifies as straight. So there's that, that moment of, you know, concern when I come out, like what's going to happen to us, you know, as, as a couple. And, and currently, you know, we're trying to work through that. We're trying to see, you know, he's not, he's not going to be like ashamed to be out in public with me, if that makes sense. Like when I start looking male, looking more male and start passing and stuff like that. Um, At least I hope not. (laughs) But so we're, we're kind of, we're kind of in it as like a romantic thing. Like we, we still love each other, you know, a lot. And it's just kind of a thing where, you take it one day at a time and and hope that you can work through it. So it, I think I think though if if in the future anything ever happens to where we maybe have to separate or something like that, we would still stay as really good friends. Yeah, and, that's that's um, really good. Uh, one of my first guests was a female or a male to female transgender person, mm-hmm. and she was married, and um, they ended up getting divorced, um, but they still stayed close friends and. It yeah. was really good to hear that, you know, it doesn't always have to end in some sort of. Yeah, it um, doesn't have to be a fiery blowout of, you know, somebody's leaving in the middle of the night kind of thing. And and I didn't really expect that out of him, to be honest, because we have such a tight bond and stuff like that. And like we yeah. we don't really argue, you know, we, we have a really good marriage and stuff. Yeah. So I, I feel like it will go well, but you know, you, you never know what the future is going to bring. And I'm, I'm hoping we we're both hoping that it works out. And, and my mom's hoping that it works out and our family, you know, our families, they're supporting us yeah. for, for that. So, well, I, I, I honestly hope it works out for you guys. I, I don't even um, have any kind of idea about how that would feel to have your spouse come out as a transgender <laughs> person to you. Um, yeah. So, man, uh, good for him, and I hope it works out for you guys, and I hope that uh, throughout your transition, he remains supportive, and that uh, w- yeah. whatever the outcome is, I hope that you guys continue to support each other and care for each other. I wish you the mm-hmm. best of luck in that. Thank you. So, here's the, we're starting to get to the end of the show, and so the one of the things I wanted to ask about, oh, wait, I'm sorry, there was another organization called SOFA. Is that the organization you were talking about with Transcendence? Um, yeah, Transcendence and SOFA. It's like uh, significant others, friends, and allies or something like that. Yeah, it says here, significant others, friends, families, and allies. Yeah, S-O- that's it. S-O-F-F-A, right? And so that's the organization mm-hmm. you were talking about. That's Yeah, that's that's the one that they have like an hour. Uh, there's like a two-hour meeting. The first hour is with everybody in the same room, and then the second hour, everybody separates into the transgender and then the SOFAs. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, So then the thing I wanted to move on to, we're starting to wrap up here. So what is one thing that worries you about the future of LGBT rights? Mm, It's difficult to say because um, I haven't been in it for very long. Um, It's still... It's still almost new to me being part of the LGBT community. But again, we've had so many, like, I have so many friends and stuff like that who identify with the LGBT community. Um, I suppose I just worry that maybe, maybe, I mean, I feel like acceptance is getting better. 
in, in terms of, of that. But at the same time, it really depends on the area that you're in. Um, because, you know, you could be in the middle of the U.S. where you're just in the middle of nowhere and you have no resources and you have nothing that you can do to deal with, you know, either your transition or being gay or, or something like that. And you're just kind of on your own versus somebody who's like maybe on the East or West Coast who has a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah. So you're, um, you're living in Texas and I'm sure there's not a big um, public well, in the rural rural areas, like the the bigger cities are better about it because like the bigger cities are more accepting. We have better judges and stuff like that. Um, but if you're you know if you're in the middle of Texas somewhere without a big city, then yeah, you're gonna get get the brunt of the red state. <laughs> yeah. And it so. says it says here in your questionnaire that you're worried about insurance and money. Yeah, money is a big thing because transition does take money. Um, insurance, y you never know when your insurance might just suddenly say, okay, well, that's not medically necessary. We're not going to cover that anymore. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, you know, y you don't know what's going to happen in, in terms of that. Yeah, I can understand that. And so I want to move on again and just try to end on a positive note. Um, what is something that gives you hope for the future? Just the acceptance that is coming around, uh, the the knowledge that people are gaining from people from people like like your show, you know, spreading knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just kind of showing that we're just people um, who want to live our lives. You no know, way, you're just a person wanna... who wants to have love and acceptance like everyone right. else. Right? There's no agenda here. There's no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're come not on. trying to convert the world, kind yeah. of thing. Tell me, it, tell me about the secret stuff. meetings and the in the transgender agenda. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So I think I think just the more knowledge is better yeah. that, that's coming around. Like more, there's more online sources than ever before. There's more resources than people. There's more groups. There's more people coming out because it's becoming more accepted so the more people that that start to realize hey i can i'm okay i'm safe if i come out kind of thing yeah. but not everybody has that luxury and I'm, I'm hoping to the point because of the knowledge that's spread and stuff like that then people will everywhere will be able to have that luxury of being able to be themselves yeah well that's good i mean i i definitely hope that i'm a part of uh, improving the acceptance and education of people who uh for mm -hmm. LGBT people to be more accepted in society. That was pretty much the primary goal is to have a show that people can listen to both straight, transgender, gay, whatever, and just gain a greater understanding of, of the LGBT experience. And hopefully by sharing these personal experiences that your community can be viewed as people who are just trying to live their lives in a way that makes them feel comfortable. And they're not trying to convert your kids. They're not trying to, mm -hmm. you know, do anything to be harmful to anybody. They just want to live their life in a, in a way that makes them feel comfortable. And I hope that this show um, continues to grow and, and I can share that message with as many people as, as I can reach. So that's pretty much it. Thank you for being on the show. I had a great conversation with you. It was really great yeah. getting to know you and, I always tell some of my guests, uh, especially for those who haven't been listening, that you're now an official co-host of the show. So you have a personally vested interest in the success of this show uh, as well as I do. So please share it with your friends, share it online, uh, tell, the tell the people in your transcendence group to, to listen. I, would, I could really use the listeners and the subscribers um, just because I, it's hard to continue on uh, having a show with uh, you know five people listening. 
Martin, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. And hopefully together we can share this uh, show with enough people. We can reach a greater audience and we can make the world a better place for LGBT people. Remember, always try to be a good ally. Stand up for people if they're being bullied uh, as a transgender or an LGBT person. Please consider donating to organizations like Transcendence or SOFA and help give the people of the LGBT community the support and love and affection that they need and that they desperately want from us. Um, Please donate time, give money, do anything you can, you know, make sure you speak out against people abusing or uh, harassing LGBT people. Remember, you can always email me at major at straightupgaypodcast.com. Send me feedback, send me your thoughts, give me ideas for future shows. Anything you think of, you, you want to talk about, about the show, if you want to give me suggestions for making it better or things that, you know, I'm doing that make it worse and that I can prove on, please send me an email. You can follow me on Twitter at SUG Podcast. You can always join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash straightupgaypodcast or just go to Facebook and search for Straight Up Gay Podcast. It should bring you right to our Facebook page. You can listen to the show on Pinecast. We moved off of SoundCloud. I'll still probably post one or two episodes on SoundCloud, but there will be no archive there. The All the archive and the backlog of this show will be on Pinecast. You can go to our blog page at www.straightupgaypodcast.com. I just added links to all of the places where you can listen to the show. We're available on iTunes. We're available on Google Play, and you can stream it directly from the web on at Pinecast. So go to the blog page, and you can find where you can listen there. Um, I just want to thank you again, Martin, for being on the show, and I will see everyone on Episode 8. knew I wasn't straight. She didn't understand, but she had so much to say. She sat me on the couch, looked me straight in my face and said, you'll burn in hell or probably die of AIDS. It's funny now, but at 13, it was pain to be almost sure of who you are and have it ripped away. And I'm sorry if it's too real for some of you to fathom, but hate for who you love is not exactly what you'd imagine. Uh, And I guess it was disastrous, cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness. Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside, because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive. And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny, and ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide. You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion. Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion. And I can't change Suffer beneath every single hand that chooses Ignorance, fuck your religion Fuck constitutions, fuck superstitions There are no lakes of fire, we're here on earth And the only thing to do is put love first And so I stand for the boy who died by his hand To the sound of his father screaming woman loves man This is Adam and Eve, 
not Adam and Steve And I stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve And a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder And I stand for it all until ignorance is over This is for you, for knowing who you are For never letting your magic outside of your heart Be you, be brave And understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you this is who I am Didn't understand. Now love me for me. This is who I am. Just don't get it. Love is love. There is no difference. Not a medication to fix it. There is no prescription. No rehab to visit. It is not an addiction. It's love. And it's selfless. It's yours and everybody else's. So don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless. See us as yourself. There's no equality and difference. Until we all get it, we'll be drowning in the same blood. This white orientation, we all feel the same love. Drowning in the same blood, despite orientation, we all feel the same love. and labeled before we're ever able to speak who we believe we are or who we dream will become like drum beats forever changing their rhythm I am living today as someone I had not yet become yesterday and tonight I'll only borrow pieces of who I am today to carry with me to tomorrow no I'm not gay no I'm not straight and I sure as hell I'm not bisexual damn it I am whoever I am when I am it loving whoever you are when the stars shine and whoever you'll be when the sun rises so here's to being able Here's to love, here's to loving just because, here's to acceptance, here's to never fearing the fear of rejection, here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are, here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever, here's to the moment that you realize things do get better, here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late, here's to second chances, here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love. Here's the change.